hello, hello, everybody. It is episode, what is it? 353 of She Podcast today. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And my dearest Jessica is not here today, but I am, have a new co-host. I have a co-host that has come in at the last minute. The amazing, the incredible Bethany Hawkins is in the house playing with us today. Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, I'm so excited. And John, John, our amazing John Domingo is behind the scenes keeping us on the straight and narrow as much as he can. <laughs> But thank you so much, Bethany, for coming in for the last moment. I mean, this was sort of like an, a little bit of an expected thing, and you stepped right in, and here we are. We are recording. I'm so glad that you said yes, and I'm, I'm so sorry that Jess wasn't able to be here, and those shoes I will never be able to fill, but I could fill it maybe like a toe, a toe of her shoe, maybe like a sock. <laughs> A sock. It's <laughs> amazing. A little sock. A little sock. <laughs> we actually have a full show today with all kinds of news and information happening here for us. And we hope to cover so much of it. It looks like you've already done a little bit of homework, too, from all of the stuff that we have going on. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. The first couple of new stories that I have, I've had on our show notes for the past almost a month because these were press releases that were sent out a little while ago. But the first one is Matriarch Digital Media has published an Our Greatness initiative. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is, Bethany? So the initiative is, it has to do with art and breaking barriers in regards to podcasting. And they're providing micro-grants to independent women of color podcasters. They've partnered with Amazing Women Artists for limited edition production drops. For those who do not know, Matriarch Digital Media is actually founded by Twyla Dang. And we were talking a little bit off screen and I was saying how I'm just like, like can't speak words, can't articulate things when it comes to anything in regards to Twilight. And that's that's how I acted towards you for a whole two and a half years before we even got together. <laughs> because oh you and she both do such amazing things in the world of women podcasting. And she actually trademarked women in podcasting. This is amazing. She's amazing. The Matriarch Digital Media campaign is amazing. Her wanting to champion and fund women in podcasting is amazing. So I highly recommend going to Matriarch Digital Media, inserting your information. You can submit your information. And if you're not chosen, I believe you have to wait a year. But definitely keep them on your like follow, subscribe, stock, but in a non-creepy way type of following. Oh, absolutely. Twyla does this amazing Twitter spaces where she'll essentially teach like or gather Q&As. I believe it's like once a month-ish type of thing. And it's a fabulous Twitter space. If you ever want to do that, it's usually on a Sunday. So you get an opportunity to follow her on Twitter. I'll have links in the show notes so that you could do all that stuff. Now with these micro grants, you do have to be in the US in order to apply. So that's something for you to kind of take a, a note, right? And they also accept one application per individual, even if a part of multiple podcasts. So that's another thing to kind of keep an eye out on that. And if you happen to be chosen to receive a micro grant, the matriarch team will review applications each month and they'll determine the grant recipients from all of that stuff. And I guess you can reapply. So if you apply, if you are a micro grant recipient, you have to wait about a full calendar year before reapplying again. So at least the opportunity is there for you to tap on that again. But it is really very, very amazing, honestly, because Twyla, what she did with this thing is that there is currently that puzzle. Did you see the puzzle that you could see? So you all were going to have to click through to see this in the show notes. And there is an artist that has created... Could you say that again? Oh my gosh, that was... I don't know why my watch started speaking. 
that was weird. I don't want to stay. Your watch was super excited about the puzzle. (laughs) I'm super excited about the puzzle. So (laughs) I was like, oh my God. So there's an actual puzzle, like a puzzle that you put on a table and it is a, a beautiful art piece that was created by an artist. And so you buy this puzzle that is a beautiful puzzle and the money that you spend on this piece goes to fund these grants, which is, to me, absolutely lovely. I love the fact that these are drops, meaning that once it's done, it's done. It's not something you can continually buy. So I'm super intrigued by this concept. I like that idea. I love the sort of ecosystem that she created around this. And it makes me want to, it makes it even more fun to give your money, I think anyway, right? And also this kind of wraps into, and I know this isn't in, in the show notes, kind of going right. rogue. Yeah. But this kind of oh, wraps no. <laughs> going rogue. <laughs> this <laughs> kind of wraps into the NFTs that mm-hmm. everybody is currently talking about and how it can be incorporated into podcasting. So I think Twilight is doing this really well without saying that it's a, that it's actually an NFT, but mm. in essence it is. Right. She's so super smart. I can't. You can't. It's a whole ecosystem now kind of going rogue because that that is what we do here on the show. So they're in in here where I live in North Carolina. For whatever reason, or at least this area that I'm in, I don't know if it's across North Carolina or not, but ice cream is a big thing here. Like local, everything organic, everything homegrown is very super cool over here in Asheville. So there's lots of like ice cream, bakeries, coffee shops, beer, uh, wine, like all kinds of things that are super local. And there's this woman, and I just actually signed up for, I guess it's a new company that has just come up and they're doing ice cream and they're doing these ice cream flavors, right? And you cannot go to the ice cream store to buy the ice cream. So they're, they currently, I don't, I don't believe they have an actual brick and mortar where you can go get this ice cream. So you have to sign up for their email list and then every couple of weeks or whatever, they'll send out the flavors and You only get access to them if you're signed up for their email list, and then they'll tell you what the flavors are, and then you immediately have to purchase your pint. And then you purchase the pint, and you have to go into town, and you buy, you you get your pint. Like, they'll be at, like, the farmer's market, or, like, I think there's two locations where you go and get your pint, and they get sold out, like, literally on the moment. It's kind of like, you know, when Apple, like, releases their latest iPhone or whatever, and everybody's like, oh, my God, and you want to buy it. It's like, that isn't that neat? I've never seen that. That is genius because that's what they do with, uh, what are those things? The bulk of vegetables that you can purchase at, at the beginning yes. of, of the vegetable season. And then yeah, you yes. go each week and you get whatever vegetables they harvested during that week. Yeah. It's so genius because then it gives allowance to the creator if they have like a genius inspiration at like three o'clock in the morning and they wake up and they're like, oh my God, I have to create this ice cream flavor. Mm-hmm. To be able to make it without people being like, oh, I didn't sign up for that. I don't know why you're making rainbow sherbet when I wanted like monkey crunch or something. (laughs) I don't know what monkey monkey crunch crunch is. That's not a thing. (laughs) I know. But so many people that are creatives are getting into these very specific offerings and allowing their and getting people on your like your newsletter. That's so genius. Yeah. Because then from there on end, they're on there like they're sucked in. Even if they yep. don't purchase the ice cream, whatever you're creating, you can create this tantalizing experience. And I and I feel like more people need to do that with with podcasting and creating this experience so people want to join their newsletter because what if they're going to be talking about something extravagant in an episode that I need to hear? So right. all of this creative juices that are flowing right now really does have to do with podcasting and how it's kind of folded into and weaving into the podcasting experience. Oh my God, I would love to like, I should reach out to this person and say like, have you considered doing a podcast? Can you imagine talking about the ice creams? Wouldn't that be amazing to just have like a one-two punch of like marketing that stuff out? Because I know she I, they're on Instagram for sure. 
I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not going to sit here and look through my phone, um, but I'll add their accounts on in the show notes so that you all can see how this is run and stuff. And, uh, and I have to say that I was very intrigued by this. And I, I am now holding on to being able to go buy the ice cream. And it doesn't work out as well for me because we live so far away from town. So it's like we would have to drive about an hour to go into town to pick up this ice cream. Then, then we'd have to eat it because we can't take it home. <laughs> you could It'll have a melt. cooler though. You could have a cooler you know. that you fill with all of the ice and then pack yeah. that ice cream in. Mm-hmm. We could do that. But all, all I'm saying is like, this is making me think about how I could go out of my way to go buy this pint of ice cream because I got the email. You know, it's so, I could just go to the grocery store, right? So anyway, like in that respect, it's so, so exciting. And yes, I, you look at the Carrie's like, I would love an ice cream podcast. Yes, Carrie. And if if you did have an ice cream podcast, Elsie, if you could name it like planning the pint. (laughs) It's like, I do this for a living. Oh my God. (laughs) That is how you earn your money. It may be how I earn my my foldable money. (laughs) Oh, my God. And speaking of, like, genius ideas, moving on to also a new podcast that has come out from yet another powerful figure here uh, within the uh, podcasting space, Juleka Lantigua, and her new podcast from LWC Studios, which is How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. And I do know, Bethany... You have thoughts. So in my due diligence of doing homework (laughs) and preparation for episode 353, (laughs) I I listened to said podcast and I was like, oh, so just purposely was like, hey, I can't do this episode because Bethany needs to hear this and (laughs) she needs to be schooled on her high achieving self and she needs to be told about herself. So just thank you. I heard you. I hear you. And I may have listened to the episode twice. (laughs) This it's so well done and it's and it's relatively short. I think it's under 13 minutes. It was 13 13 minutes. minutes. It's amazing. And the how how they did it was very NPR style, where there was a voiceover, there was the guest sharing her experience as being multicultured and and the expectations that she was supposed to receive with achieve in this family dynamic, and how every time she did something and was greeted with greatness, she always felt like it was a never enough. And I, Elsie, just between you, myself, and you know all of the billion of listeners that you have. <laughs> I just had this conversation with my therapist on Friday. No way. So I was like, the universe is creepy as F dash dash K. Wow. Because she was like, "Mm, what do you mean that like you don't feel like you do enough? Like you have this extremely successful business and you're doing all of these things. And I'm like, "Mm." and she's like, you realize that you have to have confidence to do these things. And I was like, I did not realize that. I never thought of it. But it's like all of those things. Yeah that they're talking about in the body of this podcast in, sh- in such a short, succinct way. It truly is a podcast that I will follow and that I will listen to every single time an episode is dropped. It was it was chef's kiss. It was a really It was amazing. Episode. And I think that one of the hardest, you know, my biggest resistance sometimes when I see new podcasts and I'm like, ooh, this is at least for me, where I'm like, oh my God, that sounds like such a great podcast. <sighs> but do I really have the time? Number one. Number two. Do I really want to think that hard? Because that's another resistance, you know, because sometimes when you're listening to a podcast that's important or meaningful, I kind of have a hard time because sometimes it's too big of a meal to chew in the middle of the day. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I want to think that hard and be that introspective. <laughs> um, and, but when I saw it, I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and listen. And I, when I saw it was 13 minutes, I'm like, oh, that's so doable. I'm so loving that. So I did listen as well. And I also had a lot of big, huge moments that came up. So any uh, high achievers out there, particularly because this is for black and brown folks, they're centering black and brown folks conversations, mind you, not just for for folks like that identifies that, but 
definitely moving more towards that. And I had a, I felt that, you know, you, you kind of feel coming from different cultures, a little bit of a push for some things around uh, performance. And uh, I had felt that in the past. And I think something that resonated with me about the specific first episode was the fact that she mentioned that if it was hard, it was obviously not for her. And I was like, I was like, I was mortified because I did that because thing, because I'm such a competitive person, but competitive, not with other people. Like I'm not a comp, I'm not a competition. Like I'm not here to compete with you. That's not part of my DNA. I'm here to compete with whatever high expectations I have about my own self and about it's centering me in all this. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you have a business like mine or you have clients like mine or you're doing a podcast like mine. I really don't care, but I am in competition with myself. And so whenever things become challenging for me when I'm developing something or have an idea and it becomes a little, I don't have instant success or instant buy-in from the world. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> and I loved what she said, even when she did receive a few accolades. Like there wasn't all of the, the all of the likes and all of the fault, but she received some of the accolades and she couldn't accept it. She just, yeah, because it didn't have the worldwide approval that she just wrestled with that. Let me tell you, Elsie, I stopped at that moment. I lit a candle. I was like, <laughs> I took a sip of water because yeah. I was like, she is Roberta Flack right now. And she is telling my story. <laughs> like, who is this woman? And how did she grow up in my household? And I didn't see her. Like, it was, it was truly, I was like, wow. And again, for how long it was, for like less than 15 minutes and the impact yes. that it had in listening what? That is some good editing. Yes, that is. And now, mind you, I'm going to turn it back. And I know Juleka has not said anything to me. It's just from me observing or anything like this. But so the first uh, show all along this genre is how to talk to mommy and papi about everything. And so that whole um, the idea of that is when I started, I started to listen to that podcast and it hit home a little too close, like a little too close. A, just a like I can't. It's really hard. I told her that I would be an entire season of having that. Con like I could be her entire like whatever season she's on that podcast because it really approaches conversations of folks of immigrant families um, from all over the world who are um, having conversations with their parents around living essentially in this culture that we call the U.S. or not even the U.S. in, in a lot of different um, places. So a lot of the conversations that this is from, you know, the children talking to their parents about things that as an immigrant, you just wouldn't talk about them. You just wouldn't talk about them. You just don't. So she's talking to them and she it's the same format. It's the conversation with the person who has the issue or the discussion topic. And then in the latter part, they get a therapist that comes in and addresses whatever the conversation or was at the beginning, right? And that really resonated with me, the, the output. So she's essentially created a duplicate of the same format in this other format, but even slicker. Because as we know, your first episode I mean, unless it's a, it, I think it's a, it's a, you know, narrative type of series and you've worked really hard to make sure that everything fits in where it needs to go, then usually a first episode of these ongoing things, it's, you have to release it to understand what the show is really going to be, right? You get an idea and then it kind of morphs into what it's supposed to be as you move forward. But this time she, she learned with that first one, because I started listening from the beginning and I have heard the differences, right? She used to host it. Like there was all of these used to's at the beginning and they were all slowly streamlined to be able to get it to where it is as it is now. And so they took the best pieces of the learnings of that podcast and 
created a template for this other experience that she has in there. And now how to talk to mommy and puppy about everything and how to talk to high achievers about everything. You just said so many gorgeous gems that I hope the listeners caught. You just stated how she started this one podcast and then she learned and then she created the secondary. Even though she's an established podcaster, right? she's still taking the opportunity to create, listen, learn, and pivot. Mm-hmm. And so many people get stuck in the secondary and third stage where they're just putting out mass quantities of things, not re-listening to what they've already dropped, right? learning what really captivated, what didn't so much, where you landed the plane, where you kind of just rotated in the sky and apply that to not only the newer episodes within the cavity and body of this podcast, but in the creation of her secondary podcast that kind of has the same rhythm and the same body. And that is what phenomenal podcasters do. Yep. They listen, they learn, and they pivot. And I love the, as you said, at the end of this particular episode that we listened to, how to talk to high achievers about anything, there was the reflection from the therapist. And it was so concise. Ah, oh, thank you, Carrie. I love you, girl. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was so concise and it was so resonating and it, and it wasn't overuse of long psychological words yeah, that you had yeah, to look yeah, up. Yeah. And, no, it was just really layman terms. Here's what he heard her say. Yep. Here is how you can handle those type of emotions. And then it was the end. And you just like, you you were left wanting more, which is what mm-hmm. every good podcast should do. It should leave you wanting more and you should start Googling the ish out of everything that, that they oh, said. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Research. And- it's research, but it's also enough. Like it made you feel, and this is another thing that I, that, which is one of the reasons that I resist sometimes l- listening to learning things because I feel like I have to do work and I don't have enough time to do the work. And this, a shorter podcast like this, and this is again, learning for some of you out there. And, and I don't discount how much time it took them to edit it down to this, right? As you know. Bethany, it's so much easier sometimes to have. And everybody else in the chat here, Carrie, I know that you edit as well, in order to be able to like distill something into what feels like, oh, that was a one taker. Oh, that seems so easy. 13 minutes. I totally, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. But what what the key to that too is that after I listened to those 13 minutes, I felt like I did it. Like I got something done. I didn't feel like I had more work to do or like, yes, I would have the curiosity of search is one thing. That's like dopamine hits, like, oh, I want to find out more instead of, I have so much work to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's different. That's like so much I need to do. I suck. Which is like what you do sometimes when you go into, you know, listen to long therapy things or like you are just, you know, missing out on this stuff that you're like, oh, I, I'm doing okay. It's, it's so funny that you say that. Yes. Yes to every all that. Because when I listened to this, I took everything that was said and I was like, wow, I need to take a high achievers quiz. <laughs> I need to feel, I need to find out where I fall in the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Because I resonated so hard with everything that you said. So like, where's the quiz? Where can I find it? <laughs> I'll be talking to my therapist about it on Friday. <laughs> I know. I mean, it is it is so it's so nice to be able to see that. And kind of moving on to a little bit of a quickie discussion before we get to another thing that you wanted us to do, Bethany, or discuss here. I just want to do a quick shout out to Common Sense Media now that they are they are currently doing podcast ratings for kids and family shows. And, you know, interestingly enough, I really, really, really love Common Sense Media. It has been instrumental in being able to very quickly assess the types of movies or shows or books that I get an opportunity to allow my children to consume very quickly. Now we're getting to the point 
where there's less having to pay attention so specifically because they are a little bit older. But when they are in that stage of like, I would say like seven to around 10 years old, when they get an opportunity to be autonomous with what they like to consume and they really get to know like what Netflix is and what videos are, they're really, really adept at being able to find all kinds of stuff that before you were able to not have them find on their own. <laughs> and so, um, but but there was a point there where I was looking for podcasts to give them to listen. And I would find, you know, general topics around certain podcasts that I know they they would have been interested in but I I often was I pe- I pulled back because I didn't know what would happen in an hour conversation around maybe a cartoon because there's no there's no way to know that so now I'm so happy that there is this the ability for common sense media to do this and I would suggest for every parent out there or any parent figure out there who um, is in some way trying to help their kids navigate any part of media to subscribe to their website, to their newsletter. I get a newsletter and it's really great because I get a newsletter and they say like, these are the best like family, blah, blah, blah. These are the movies. And when there's a movie out that just came out, they immediately release their thing. So I can read up like what are the touchy subjects or what are the you know, what are things for us to look out uh, of? And they're usually really broad. So it's not like judgmental in the sense of like, ah, it's really like if your family, you know, hasn't discussed X, Y, and Z, maybe this isn't the right movie because there's a mention of this and, you know, those kinds of stuff. So it's, it's really great. And I love that. And I think I think it is important because I, you know, don't let this good skin fool you. Um, no. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in my 40s. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and, and black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> but but when I was younger, just for people who do not know, Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist with Craig Nelson, yeah, is yeah. rated PG <gasps> because they didn't have PG thirteen when I was oh, when I was right. of that age. Yes. So <laughs> I watched Poltergeist. I didn't sleep for a whole week. I was convinced that there was like a clown underneath my bed and that a tree was going to come and eat me. So I think that it's so important that there is some sort of distinction, especially with so many podcasts that are coming out that have the appearance of, and sometimes with cover art, it looks like that it's cartoonish and that it's not going to talk about real heavy hitting subjects. And then it's like a musical and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, uh, oh, I... I was unaware. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll have the 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 trigger warning or, or content warning, which we're going to be going into, you know, content next. <laughs> um, right. But sometimes they don't. So having some peeps, uh, a committee that's concentrating on allowing parents or guardians or whom even teachers, if teachers are introducing podcasting into their classrooms, giving them a heads up about the information and having some sort of guide that just is for the betterment of of so many people. Oh my gosh, it is I hadn't even thought about it that way because <gasps> that's such a wonder that that just even the resource on its own to be able to provide that for schools or libraries, right? To be able to see like, oh, these are these are staple ones. These are like a slew of podcasts we can just have here. This would be a really great podcast for like the teen section in the library, right? Where they have maybe a different playlist that is available to them to listen to or suggestions inside of their newsletters and inside of their pamphlets and things that they um, offer out. So good for you for, I think, you know, Common Sense Media doing this and to to be able to step into this stuff. And also, I mean, as a note, look at the beautiful lady who is this uh, the head of podcast ratings and reviews here. It looks like to me, I mean, in no judgment, I don't want to judge or, or 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 make sure that people, she may not be, but it looks to me like she's a Latina woman. She has brown skin. Her name is Laura Ordonez. So I would assume, I mean, I don't want to pre, I'm just saying she might. So it's another woman of color who is at the head of something, something that matters in the space. Therefore, 
We'd be doing big things. things. <laughs> we'd, be do- we'd be doing big things. Be doing big yes. Things. Anyway, so there's that. But And um, moving on now into clean versus explicit content. This is something that you brought to me to for us to discuss today. It's been very interesting. I've had a few of my clients have been under the impression that because they are not using foul language or talking about subject matters that are that are sexual in nature, that their content is clean. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the case. So in a lot of platforms, the way that they distinguish clean versus explicit is if it's under that parental guardian rating or under. Right, right. So, it's, so if it's G or PG, it's clean. If there is content where there's where there's going to be discussions of, you know, sexually transmitted diseases, or if there's gonna, going to be content that is heavy in nature that you wouldn't necessarily want your seven-year-old to listen to while you're driving them to school, you may want to reconsider and put explicit on your podcast. And the reason why that is, is because if you get hit too many times where someone says, this is actually explicit content, you can actually be be removed from that platform. So you want to be really cognizant when you're determining if your podcast is clean or explicit. Can a seven-year-old listen to, seven-year-old or under listen to this? And if a parent is driving their kid to school, are they going to be like, ah! And the kid right. is going to say, what's, what's going on? Or is it just going to be something that's like family friend friendly? So it's just been brought up, I feel like, a lot. And it kind of falls into the common sense media conversation. You should really, and this is an important thing with your podcast, when you're creating podcasts, you should really map out what you want your content to be. And then you can distinguish if it's going to be explicit content or clean. Yep. It, it, there's two layers to that. And the layer that you were talking about in terms of being in the car is really interesting because of the fact that you you don't know what your kids' ears are going to pick up, right? And they remember things that you sometimes you don't even hear or it goes straight over your head, not because it's you don't get it, but because it's normal for you to be listening to this these types of conversations, whereas their little brains are still trying to figure that out, right? So there's that content aspect of things like, I would say when you're talking about sexual violence or any trigger warnings around any kind of engagement in that sense, right? Whether it's childhood or as a grown-up, there's also discussions that could be triggering, not even, it's not, I wouldn't say triggering, that might bring conversations to a family that they're not ready to have, like maybe divorce. Um, And even though that's not like an explicit topic to talk about, maybe that's not something that you as a family have discussed with your family, you know, like with your kids about what these things mean when it comes to doing things like that, right? Or even if somebody mentions personal choice, not even using the A word for some folks, but to understand like, what does that mean, mama? You know, and that maybe that's not a, maybe that's not a, uh, a conversation that you're ready to have. So, um, but I do want to clarify a couple of things when it comes to the, the hardcore tool requirements that especially Apple podcasts really moves from. And they, for the most part, they are really reliant on, profanity as a whole, meaning that is a huge trigger for them to label your work as explicit. So their requirements are incredibly vague, like so vague that you have no idea and super clear when it comes to profanity. So if your show in any way, shape or form uses profanity, it needs to be explicit the end. Like there's no wishy-washiness about that. Now, you as a producer can choose in the same way that Bethany has mentioned to make the show explicit. Maybe you're not using profanity at all, but you're having subjects that are a little bit challenging to have or maybe not in the car when you're driving. No, headphones on, right? Um, So in that respect, you can mark them that. You have to understand though that your show will be delivered to not all countries in, in in the world because when some countries actually ban explicit content and so your show is simply not gonna show up in those countries. So 
if that's the case and you are serving, let's say, and I'm not saying like some country outside of the U.S., when you're really looking to empower a certain part of the population that needs to be having these challenging conversations around things, you might consider instead of marking your show explicit to say something like at the beginning, have a disclaimer right from the get-go. Hey, folks, we're going to be having some barely adult discussions in this episode, or maybe it's an ongoing thing. If you do not want little ears to do this or whatever, please, you know, listen at a different time. Because that's another way to do it because you're not breaking any rules. You're not uh, any anything bad. You're not going to get kicked out, but you're still addressing it right in the get-go if you don't want to do that. So you just have to be mindful about that. One wonderful thing about marking your show explicit, which is really great, is that if you happen to use an Apple product, at least, I don't know about Android because I'm not I'm not too well-versed when it comes to that, but let's say you can actually set your settings to not let any explicit content in your family's devices, including your own. So that means that if you if there's there are shows that are marked explicit, they won't even show up. They're just not going to be there and you won't be, their kids are not going to find them. You're not going to find them. Same thing with music because like there's music that sometimes disappears. Um, oh my God. So you can do that. Now, if you don't want that to happen, then you have to find other ways to honor the audience and make sure that you let them know that this show may be not the optimal thing to do listen to as a family and you have to find your own language to let people know that. I love that. And just to piggyback on that a little bit. Also, make sure that you put that language trigger warning in the show notes. Yes. Just so there is some sort of written information regarding the content that resides within the body of this episode. Um, There are a lot of podcast episodes that I see that or that I listen to that have that forewarning, but don't have that in, that verbiage in yes. the show notes. This and, is great. And yes. that's really important. You have to, if you're putting it in the episode, you have to put trigger warning or explicit language or something within the body of the show notes. This is really good. This is a great question from Cheryl. Not question, but statement here. Cheryl um, mentions that she had this concern with an episode that she did. Um, She said, I talked to high school girls about their Girl Scout Gold Award projects, and this guest's project was on sexual assault tracking on college campuses. And I know um, Cheryl's show is really centering Girl Scouts. And so you could understand that how important not only is this entire project that she was talking about is, but also, oh gosh, here's a project that is really about a subject that maybe the younger Girl Scouts are not maybe ready to listen to, or maybe their parents, uh, they haven't had that discussion yet. And we need to honor to make sure that the right message is sent um, from the get-go. Now, Bonnie says, do you suggest to label each individual episode explicit or clean versus the entire podcast? Now, you can absolutely do that, Bonnie. It is easy to do that. In fact, most podcast hosts can allow you to do that. What you do need to note is that even if you mark one episode explicit, your entire show is going to be marked explicit for the platform. So even if you just did that one show, The way that currently Apple might change this, but the way that Apple deals with that is that if you mark one podcast episode as explicit, your whole show in the back end, in the way that it's delivered, is marked as explicit. So you have to be very mindful about what's what, right? What is the most value to you uh, in order for you to do that, whether or not you want to lose that audience or not. But again, that is a personal thing. Like, you know, with Jess and I here on this show, we are an explicit show. There is really no way for us to kind of censor ourselves. We just are that. And there's a sense of freedom that we get from being an explicit show that maybe maybe that's part of the reason why maybe our audience can't be bigger because we're our, we're an explicit show. And there's some folks who just simply don't want to listen to explicit shows. Like just don't, they just don't, they don't want to do it for whatever reasons. And sometimes profanity is very not okay for a lot of people. And 
you know, we chose in this show to allow our freedom. It was, you know, beyond what we thought would be the most, you know, appealing to the most amount of audience. But maybe we've in some way we're it's detrimental to our audience growth. I don't know. I don't know. Just putting that out there. (laughs) There you go. There you go. We have moving on to now, John, (laughs) some tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. Promo swap time. This just came out from tinkmedia.co. Lauren Passell created this joint, this swap list, where it is this really easy way for folks to submit their show. It's like a list submission of whether or not you want to participate in swapping promos with one another. So if you find like a like-minded, like-hearted type podcaster out there that also is open to doing a swap, I would assume, because I didn't get too much clarity as to um, how to go about this, but I think that once you submit your show, you are put in a list and then you view the list and then you choose if there's a show that you see in this list that you're like, oh my God. I this sounds like the best show ever. I think that I want uh, uh, access to this specific audience. And then you, I guess you decide to swap it. So I'm not quite sure about the ins and outs of this promo swap t- swap time. Yeah, but neither, I am. But I am we're, trying. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> but I am actually part of Asa Collective. Mm-hmm. And they do a really great job of pods, pod swaps. So what they do is they have you record a one-minute promo for your show. Someone else records a one-minute promo for their show. And essentially, it's the same thing. You see if you really like their podcast, you listen to it, and then you reach out to them and say, hey... I think your podcast is really dope. Here's what my podcast is about. I think our audience could maybe be the same people. Would you want to do this one minute promo for for my show? And I'll do a one minute promo for your show. And it has, and it's pre-roll. Like there's stipulations to it. Um, It's not mid or post. It's pre-roll. It's one minute. You mention their podcast, what their podcast is about. And they mention that they're part of Asa Collective. Oh, that's great. It's phenomenal. It's like 60 seconds. It's super easy. It's super succinct. Everybody knows what the hell they're supposed to be saying. Now that I know that I can like swear, forget about it, Elsie. Forget about it. The fuckity fucks are on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are an explicit show. Yes, My ears just got so excited my earbud fell out. (laughs) Have you never heard Jessica? I mean, what, are you kidding me? But again, it's Jessica, and she, ha, ha, ha. That's uh, all I hear when she speaks. So she, <laughs> so, so I think that that's kind of what promo swap time sounds like, that Asa Collective is very similar in how they do the promo swap. And I'm telling you, Asa Collective, it's, it's for women podcasters. They got it like a well-oiled machine over there, so... That's amazing. We will put a link if you can at all, Bethany. I don't know if you have a link to what they do, but even just also collective, we've we've mentioned them in the past and they've come to She Podcast Live and all the wonderful things that they do. So we can have a link in the show notes for that. Um, This one here is, and I like the way that Lauren has set this up, which is essentially, I hope, I hope, and God bless her for putting this together. Because one of the hardest things when it comes to managing things like that is Handholding that sometimes podcasters need is sometimes beyond what you're wanting to do. You want to be helpful and then all of a sudden your life is sucked by these people who just are like, but my, I put the wrong link. That's not my podcast artwork anymore. Can I add my second show? Um, It didn't work. Did this really work? These people didn't. And you're like, oh my God, stop it. Because it's okay to help one or two podcasters at a time do this, but like not like this. So it looks like Lauren has set it up in a way that it's like, y'all go at it. You do the hookup. I just set up the framework. Don't at me. Ah, 
<laughs> I may be wrong, but I think this is genius. It's fantastic. And um, so she has the thing. And then literally you, I, you submit, she approves. Once it's there, you make the connection and you, you know, you just do you and y'all need to figure it out whether or not people do the thing. Right. And I, yeah. So I'm cool with that. I love the idea though. I mean, of having the general template of what to say, because a lot of times with the promo stuff, that's the hardest thing. You're just like, what do I say? What, how do I do this? Like, what's the thing that I have to do? And once you do it one time, then you are able to like figure it out. Now, for me, I prefer 30 second slots, just just me, because they're faster and they can get absolutely really great information inside of 30 seconds. You would be so surprised by what can be done in 30 seconds. And at least from my perspective on the feed, we generally have three promos in every episode, but we're, we're not swapping. You just send them to us and we just add them on there. I've noticed inside of the Apple Podcasts data that they show you how long people consume your podcast episodes. And they also show you, I don't know how they do this, but they show you what they go forward on, like the things that they do like 30 seconds forward and stuff. And you can literally see, and this is so pathetic and I'm sad. You see these little, so here's a line, right? It's a super straight line. And then you see these little ice cream scoops. And then little ice cream scoops is when they fast forward it through that part. And it's usually the promos or audio feedback or anything that you're like trying to do for like growing other people and like things that are like that we think are helpful to them. They're like, screw that. <laughs> so it's like- so I'm going to shout out Corey Gums of Black Podcasters Association because I love intros like intros are my whole jam i make them i create them i listen to them i'm like ah intros and he's like i don't even listen to intros i just 30 seconds through all of it 30 seconds through all of it and i'm like yep do you know the time energy love and care that somebody had in creating that intro and you're just fast forwarding right through it like with complete disregard like it's a run over raccoon on the side of the road (laughs) like saddest saddest day guilty oh john say it's not so yes (laughs) me too i'm guilty as well listen you if you have a promo and you and you get to be in front of somebody's audience and you yammer on for over 30 seconds that's disrespectful in my opinion but you tell me a podcaster that can make a 30 minute promo 30 minute or 30 seconds. Sorry. Oh, they can make 30 minute promos. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, this, this would be correct. Yeah. But to try to jam everything into 30 seconds and make it concise, podcasters really can't do it. And I, I find it disrespectful and it annoys me as a listener when I hear I'm like, I'm not here to listen about the Tammy and Joe show about parenting. I'm here to listen to what I'm listening to. So I'm like, Pfft. but you know what? I mean, to like counteract what John is saying, here's two things why I love 30 second promos because. If I'm listening to a thing and the 30, 30 second promo comes on, I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. I pick up the phone, open up the thing, start looking to fast forward. It's over. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it's over. right. <laughs> I listen to it by default. Right. And so that's good. Now, the other thing is that. So note this, um, sweet Bethany, when you have that promo at the beginning, right? especially when I'm binge listening to podcasts, which I tend to do a lot. So I sometimes like I don't do there's a few that I listen to every week, but a lot of the time I discover new podcasts and I binge listen to them or when I'm working with clients, I'll binge listen to all of their stuff. Right. And if they have like their own podcast promo that is longer than 30 seconds. The first time that I listen to a show, or even 30 seconds to, in all honesty, when I listen to a show, I'm like, oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever heard. I love that so much. And I'm so excited. By the fifth episode, I'm like, tap, 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 tap. Because I'm like, I don't want to hear this again because I'm listening to it as a binge mode. So it's in the same way, you know, when you're binge watching Netflix, they have that skip intro that's like 
the best thing ever created. See, you know, Car- Carrie was even like a good intro was magical, even on Netflix. Yeah. First time I will. Wa- I will watch the intro the first time. I will do. I will watch some, season. not all. Watch him. Some watch him. That's the other thing with Overcast. What's delightful oh about Overcast God, yeah. is you can put in the podcast settings to skip the intro. Like if you know the intro is 45 seconds, you go there and say 45 seconds and all of a sudden all you hear is the music fade out and it goes right into the podcast. Sorry about that. That's kind of genius. It is. It is actually <laughs> kind of genius. Now, like, okay, Carrie, yes, memorizing uh, good shows because it's like, look at what Carrie mentioned. She says, I found new shows because of a good promo. Absolutely. And the good promos are great. So we have to think about it. Promo is in like the 30 second promos of your show on somebody else's show. And then there's your promo or intro that you have at the beginning of a podcast episode. Those are two separate things. Moving on, moving on to another bit of discussion here, looking at some of these show notes. Uh, oh, yes, podcast, podcast, as we start to wrap this up, let's talk about some podcast. So podcast was, for lack of a better word, a thing. I didn't get that. <laughs> Could you try again? I love how your watch just wants to be a part of this episode. Just <sighs> let her speak. <laughs> Why? Did you? It's never happened before. We've never had Elsie's watch go off before. <laughs> This is episode three. Three fifty three. And I wasn't moving. <laughs> I wasn't even speaking. Was your podcast it, playing your playing your intro? Your music? I, <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Podcast. But podcast. So people could actually submit their podcast and they could um go about getting cash winnings or cash award. And what they had to do was they just had to have people write a review for their podcast to podcast. And I actually know a couple of people who won podcast, which I was super excited about. Shamiko Reed, she won some dollar dollar bills. And nice. my absolutely favorite person, uh, Nicole Walker, she too oh. won some dollar dollar bills from podcast. And I was like, yes, queens, get that money. So the moral, the reason why I wanted to talk about podcast is if you have a podcast and there is a an opportunity to get you some money somehow, some way, apply for it. There's yes. sponsors all over the place. There's grants, there's opportunities. Get yourself some money because if you're just starting off, nine times out of 10, you're not getting any money coming in. You're So Correct. you're spending all of this energy and you're not, don't make podcasting a lucrative hobby. Actually get reek some, some financial worth from it. So look into these type of apps where they're willing to give podcasters just for having a podcast some do- some foldable dollar bills and get and have it in your bank account. Mm-hmm. So we'll I know this is kind of over now, but we'll at the same time we will add some of these links in the show notes to make sure that y'all can can get an opportunity to check all the stuff out. But anyway, we're going to have to wrap this up, y'all. I have uh we 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 are finishing it up. So Bethany, would you mind sharing with us how folks can connect with you? Sure. And again, thank you so much, Elsie, for allowing me to be a guest. This was so much fun. Jess, next time, let's be a trio instead of a duo. (laughs) Well, actually, we're a quattro because of John. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. So I I can be found at crackersinsoup.com. Again, crackersinsoup.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm all over these social media streets. Wherever you see Elsie, there's me like liking and following her. So if you follow <laughs> Elsie, just just scroll to see the likes because I inevitably I'm like, <laughs> I like you, Elsie. You're my friend. So yes, I get very weird and George, and I'm like, I will love you and squeeze you and call you George, George. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So Y'all, all those links will be in the show notes so that you're welcome to follow uh, all of Bethany's work because she is doing some good stuff out there. And just for funsies, if you want to watch us together again, if you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed listening to us, you can, uh, I'm going to put a link to the webinar that both Bethany and I did together, which was all about what you need to look out uh, for or like things you need to know in 2022 when you launch your podcast. And we dropped some really amazing things going on in there. So thank you so much for being on the show. And we we will chat with you guys next week. 
And so Jess and I have a thing, right? So I say, love you. And then you have to say, mean it. Okay, you ready? All right, here we go. And love you. Mean it. Yay, bye.